Hi, and welcome to the Airline Weekly Lounge. We got a surprise for you this week. It's Brian Summers, Skift's editor-at-large. He's back and joining us for the Airline Weekly Lounge. Uh, we hope you enjoy the episode and uh, give us a shout if you have any comments. Hey there, Brian. How are you? I'm good, Madhu. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a while since you've been on the Airline Weekly Lounge. It has. So I wanted to talk to you about something you did yesterday at LAX. Uh, you went and saw Ed Bastian. He, what was he announcing there? Yeah, I went out into the wild, which I don't do uh, much anymore. Uh, Delta has used the pandemic uh, to work on its terminal at LAX. They've spent uh, billions of dollars at terminals all over the country. Uh, they're trying to modernize it and make it better and win the premium Los Angeles customer. Uh, Midu, you may know uh, that uh, that I covered LAX as a beat early in my career, and I remember I, something that the, the CEO of that airport told me was way this back Gina, when. I, Gina Marie? It, it was Gina Marie. I think when, uh, when Southwest was renovating its terminal and they were spending more than a half a billion dollars on it, and she said, Brian, you have to remember with the footprint here, it's still LAX, and when it's done, it's not going to be that amazing. It's just going to be modern. Uh, Delta put its best foot forward yesterday. It's a nice terminal, uh, but uh, don't expect that like you're going to be in Singapore when when you arrive at, at Delta at LAX. It's just it's better than it was. Let's put it that way. What was Gina Marie's last name? Lindsay. Lindsay. That's what I thought. So that is a rather surprising comment for Gina Marie Lindsay to make. Now, for those of our listeners who may not have been through LA recently or have never been through LA, why why is it a not surprising? I mean, it's a surprising comment for her to make as the airport CEO, but why is it not a surprising comment for the passenger? well, I, 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 I'm not sure exactly uh, what you're getting at, um, but, you know, all the terminals there were built decades ago. Right. And there's there's always like a lot of back end work that has to be done. So you can't just think about the branding elements and the shiny new screens and the hold areas. You have to think about like what's behind the walls. And anytime they go behind the walls at LAX, they're always shocked at what they find. <laughs> and so so it's that sort of thing. And it ends up costing uh, a lot of money. Okay. All right. And in terms of uh, the passenger experience, let's say before this new Delta terminal, what was the, pa- what, how would you describe the passenger experience at LAX? Well, I, Madhu, I, I, I don't know how this happened, but I've been, I've been on this beat for long enough that this is the second time that I have been to a Delta unveiling of a new terminal at LAX. So about uh, eight years or so, they renovated what was their old terminal at LAX, and that's where we thought that they were all going to stay. And they didn't like the footprint there, didn't allow them to grow, and when space and the other airport became available, they decided that they wanted to have terminals two and three together, two entire terminals, and renovate them. So other airlines have moved into Delta's uh, old digs at, at LAX. Okay. So let's moving to the present, what did, uh, what did Delta unveil and what did Bastion have to say about it? Well... Uh, maybe I'm getting uh, maybe I'm getting uh, jaded, uh, Madhu. I've been to a lot of things over the years. Uh, so have you. Uh, I didn't spend that much time thinking about uh, or touring or wondering about the new terminal. It is what it is. 
what was more interesting to me was I got to spend uh, quite a bit of time with Ranjan Gaswami, who's the mm. senior vice president of customer experience at Delta. I've known him for a long time. He's a real aviation nerd and geek, and he loves this industry probably as much as the people who are listening to this. And I asked, I asked Ranjan, like, what has changed about the customer experience uh, during the pandemic? Like, has there been a structural change about what Delta customers uh, expect from the airline? Madhu, do you want to guess what his answer was? No. So his answer just was tell me. basically, no, his answer was basically what's old is, is new again. Mm -hmm. People aren't thinking as much about uh, cleanliness. Uh, they care about uh, on-time performance. They care about um, they care about the airplane. They care about the product, and they're desperate to have their hot food back. <laughs> it's it, it it's as if I mean to me the pandemic is still going on. Maybe because I have little children, and people who have listened to this over the years know that I'm extra special, careful, and maybe a little bit nervous. But talking to Ranjan at Delta, it was as if the pandemic never existed. Well, Customers want exactly what they wanted before. Let's put a pin on that for a second. And I want to get back to this pandemic never existing thing, because that seems to be what we're hearing from every airline executive. Uh, but back to um, back to Ranjan, um, what did so what's changed? I mean, you, you said like you didn't spend a lot of time touring, but what you, you did mention just a minute ago that uh, Delta has been focusing on becoming a on capturing more premium passengers. Yeah, you know, this has been, uh, he, Andran John called this a, a, a 10 year plan that they're already 10 years into it. Uh, but, but Delta is just obsessed with capturing the premium travel. They, they want to get a revenue premium over their competitors and they're going in and, and retrofitting airplanes. They're adding as many premium seats as they can. Uh, as you know, our Skift colleague, Ned Russell had a very nice scoop, uh, recently, about uh, Delta adding, uh, I think, four cabins to some of its Airbus A321neos. So it'll have a, a true premium economy uh, product as well as the, the Comfort Plus product with extra legroom. Uh, and Delta declined uh, to comment for Ned's story, which, of course, was 100% accurate. But I did get Ranjan on the record. Yes, this is a real airplane. Yes, <laughs> it's going to fly. Uh, he didn't say exactly what markets it's going to fly in, but it's an Airbus A321neo, so it could only fly uh, so far. So uh, probably coast-to-coast -coast markets and, 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 and things like that. Uh, improved clubs. Uh, the one thing that I did see at LAX is a, a very nice uh, Sky Club. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, again, uh, I'm a little bit jaded. I've been to clubs all over the world. It looked like uh, Delta had put a lot of effort into this club. Uh, but uh, once the passengers get in there, they, they treat it like crap. Uh, they put their feet up. And so who knows how it's going to hold up. But without passengers there, it was a gorgeous club with a great view and a wonderful uh, outdoor seating area. Oh, great. Um, now, a lot of airlines go for the premium market in LA. You've covered LAX for a long time and the LA air travel market for a long, long, long time. Um, what, what is that? What, you know, it's a fragmented market, right? No one, no airline ever gets more than, a, you know, a teens -ish percentage market. High teens. Yeah. You know. um, what's, what, what, what's giving Delta a leg up or why does it think it has a leg up? Uh, I don't know that it thinks it has a, a, a leg up. Uh, this could be uh, partly just 
keeping up with the Joneses. You know, it's the it's the second largest uh, country in the United or second largest city in the United States. It's a big market. You have to be uh, a player in in Los Angeles. Uh, American has grown here. United has has not grown, but they're not shrinking as much as as they used to. Uh, it's just, it's just an important market to be in. And if you don't have the product that Angelinos expect you to have, they're going to go somewhere else. I've always been, uh, you know, I, I fly United a lot. I never make a, a secret of that. Uh, it, it, you know, and, uh, they're good in LA. You know, United? I, I don't, I, I, I leave Los Angeles and I go to another hub. The club is better here. This, the, the customer experience is better in Los Angeles. It's like they really care in LA. And I don't think that's necessarily a fluke. There's just something about this market, uh, where we have, I've, I've always heard over the years, all these airlines are like, win LA, you, you, you worked in this, in, in this world, right? Madhu. I did. Um, so, so like there's this idea of, of this, these are customers that you have to fight for. In fact, Ranjan actually called them yesterday, jump ball customers. Um, you know, in, in Los Angeles, we have a lot of choices and you have to offer a good products. And then you have your, your corporate customers, which are also uh, very important. Yeah. And the light's better. The light is undeniably better in LA and that's why everything looks better. Right. That's why the clubs always look fantastic. I mean, it's, it's just, I, I'm convinced that has a lot to do with, with the way things photograph in, in LAX. Uh, yeah, that's probably why we have the entertainment industry. Well, it is why you have the entertainment industry. <laughs> All right. Well, so that's Delta. What else did you, what else did you pick up while you were, uh, while you're prowling around LAX? No, I, I, I guess I just, uh, you're talking to the same people. I think there's a general understanding that, that travel is back and, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with that. I haven't always, uh, agreed with it. I can be very skeptical. I think travel's back. I think travel's back to stay. Uh, the corporate stuff is not the same as it was, but leisure is just just booming, as you know. Yeah, well, it, you know, I can't remember when it was. It was probably about a year ago you were on this podcast and you were remarking that you had driven past a nursery, a, a garden center in Los Angeles, and there were lines around the block and it was booming and you thought that's what people were doing instead of traveling, which it's true, they were. They were building new kitchens and those are the wherewithal I must add. We're building new kitchens and buying lots of plants and taking care of their gardens. And you said then that no one could possibly be interested in plants long enough for that long, that travel would come back sooner rather than later. And this desperate um, attempt at distraction through plants would end. Right, do you think we've ended that uh, desperate I think, I distraction? Think, I, 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 I don't go to these garden centers. You do. Uh, what What are the lines like? I presume there's no lines anymore, right? <laughs> well, I yes, I do go to, to the garden center. I do. Um, I don't. I took umbrage at the fact that plants could be an idle distraction because I am quite I quite, quite an avid gardener. But uh, the so it's interesting. You, I'm based in the barrier Bay Area. The garden center near me still has the stanchions up. To manage the line, but the lines are shorter. But they are still longer than they were before the pandemic because before the pandemic, there were no stanchions. So if we're using Brian's nurse garden center index, like the Economist Big Big Mac index, I'm going to say travel is not all the way back, 
but it's partially back. Yeah, you say it's yes. it, You say we're we're recovered, right? Uh, well, we're certainly de- recovered in the domestic market. Uh, you know, the long haul market is a little bit different. Uh, the wonderful thing about this podcast, Madhu, is that I get to ask you questions now. Um, we we we've heard airlines talk about U.S. airlines, especially that they're still bullish on this revenge travel, this pent up travel demand being a thing for transatlantic this summer. Yeah. You do you think that's going to happen, or do you think uh, airlines are maybe getting ahead of their skis a little bit, and Transatlantic will not be so strong this summer? Um, can I say it depends, Brian? Can I take it? It depends for fifty. Sure. What does it depend on? <laughs> um, well, I think we're facing the the largest land war in Europe since World War II, so it does depend on that. And although no one believes it, it will escalate. Um, no one. No one no one knows for sure, right? So there's that factor. There's the war factor, the black swan thing. Um, There's a lot of back and forth right now between Russia and the EU on payment for um, Russian energy. And if, in fact, Russian uh, European countries are cut off from Russian energy, as could happen, then that means those economies will suffer significantly and people will have a lot less discretionary income to spend on travel right that those are two factors so they're not going to be flying across coming to to la they're not going to disneyland if they have to spend a lot of money on gas and and gasoline for their cars and gas for their to heat their houses so those are two sort of more remote possibilities where it depends i I think the other thing it depends on is um just the progression of the disease i think we all like to think that uh the pandemic is over, but uh, the latest subvariant of Omicron proves that it isn't. Um, it is virulent, literally virulent. Um, it is, it's spreading. It so far hasn't caused the same sort of illness that the Delta variant did. But it. But um, I was actually talking to an, uh, a virologist recently who said that this we're we're not done with variants. So it also it depends on if the new variant comes forth and is actually more lethal. So no. I, I, I think airline I so I don't know if airlines are getting ahead of their skis or if they are spot on with their demand. I'm just gonna say it depends on a lot of different things that we have no control over. Great. And so uh something that keeps me from traveling internationally because I have these two small kids, uh I have a wife at home I don't want to test to get back into the country because right. I don't want to unexpectedly spend 10 days in Europe and not be home for my family, even if I'm physically okay. You're a little bit more plugged into this DC world than I am as a former DC resident. Do you hear anything? We hear a lot about the mask mandate going away. You hear anything about the testing mandate? I haven't, actually. I have not heard about the test for reentry. I know the, uh, a lot of industry groups have called for it to be dropped, um, but I don't know. I don't know where that's going, so I, I can't say. But yes, you're right. I mean, there we we all know people now at this point in the pandemic who have gone abroad, had a, an unfortunate positive test, and are stuck in their resort, hotel room for ten extra days, um, and that's. That's keeping a lot of people away from traveling, but I'm all, I'm that's keeping me personally away from traveling, just like it is you. But I'm always surprised by the number of people who are just happy to go to Europe or the Caribbean or anywhere and roll the dice. I um, 
maybe we're we're a little maybe we're a little cautious. I mean, somebody once said we're like Wal- <laughs> Statler and Waldorf, <laughs> uh, so maybe we are. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't doubt that I might be a little overcautious, but I, I like to get home to my kids. Yes. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, those two old men in the in the Muppet Show who complain about everything and were cynical and negative, those are Statler and Waldorf. And uh, Brian and I have been compared to them in the past. So um, it's an any honor com- to be compared. <laughs> if you have any comments about that, about that, you can reach him at bss at skiff.com. You can reach me at mu at skiff.com. All right, Brian, you get a chance to ask me questions. Keep them coming. What else do you want to know? Uh, let's see. Uh, you hearing anything about the Frontier and Spirit merger? This is going to happen, right? I think it will happen. I think, uh, I mean, uh, I've heard both sides. You know, there's a lot of chatter that the, the Biden Justice Department may not have the political appetite for another merger. Um, and that, uh, it will result in concentration, but, uh, but I'm also hearing that they've got other things to concentrate on at the moment. That was not really an answer. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, I I think it'll probably happen. I think, I think it should happen. These airlines were essentially created to merge with each other. Um, and, uh, one big, strong ULCC will, will offer quite a bit of uh, competition, uh, to, to, to other carriers and maybe bring prices down. You may disagree with me. I don't know. Uh, let me ask you another question, and I'm really going to put you on the spot here and have fun with you because that's why I'm on the podcast, right? Yes, that is. Unfortunately, I, get, I, I was desperate. I had to get you as a guest. <laughs> I, uh, I get this question all the time, and I want to see how you answer it without rolling your eyes. When should I buy my ticket for summer travel? Now. Now? Now. You're sure that prices are only going up? Yes. I'm 100% sure prices are only going up. I'm very rarely 100% sure of anything, even my name sometimes. But um, I I have covered oil. I've reported on oil since 2007, and I just don't see this getting any better. And I think fares will go up. I think if anything, energy price... I mean, energy prices right now are under $100 a barrel, but that with, a, with all this... Um, posturing between Europe and Russia at the moment, I don't think that's going to last. I think it'll go up. So I would buy your tickets now. What do you think, Brian? What's your what's your take on this? You get asked this uh, question well, a lot. What do you so, say? Yeah, so I don't think as much about oil, although I should because it's an input cost. I think about more about supply and demand. And one thing that I found interesting during the pandemic, if you talk honestly with like airline pricing people, the revenue management systems don't really know what kind of demand is going to show up on a certain day. That's right. Because there's no historical data. Right. So all these airlines are planning for a boom summer and they're only opening the expensive fare buckets and, you know, they can get it wrong. Yeah. And so 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 if you commit now three months early because you're so worried that prices are going to go up, you may get stuck in a pretty expensive bucket. And lo and behold, a couple of weeks before travel, somebody in RM is going to freak out and be like, the computer got it wrong. Didn't used to happen. Uh, but uh, but it but it happened. I uh, I do this with my personal travel sometime. I, I'm actually going to Mexico in about 12 days or so. And it's me against Gemini, the United Airlines revenue management system. <laughs> and I watch it like a couple times a day. And I know, I I know that they that, that thing has misjudged demand for this certain day. I hope yeah. nobody from United <laughs> is listening, but I am gonna beat the system. So you said you're going in twelve days? 
Yeah. Okay, well, that's not long enough for oil prices to have an effect. Oil prices take about a quarter to filter through into fares. So, but um, I'm just talking about regular supply and demand dynamics. Yeah. That's six weeks out, nine weeks out. The pricing was a lot higher than it even is today. Because yes. they they just don't know like who's going to show up to buy this ticket. You're, you're making a guess, right? No, that's true. And it's all it's been guessing for the last two years essentially. So, okay, I'll give you that. But I, I'm I'm standing by my uh, my uh, oil speculation, I guess, and believe that fares will rise by low single digits to low teens over the, for the summer if uh, if these I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna di- I'm not gonna disagree with you <laughs> all right Brian uh, thanks for thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the airline week lounge so in a while we should have you back more often it's so good to be back Madhu. thank you so much and to all our listeners, we hope you enjoyed the episode and you can reach Brian at BSS at skiff.com. You can reach me at MEO skiff.com. Thanks for joining. I want to hear from the listeners. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge Podcast. Should you have comments or questions, drop editor Madhu Unikrishnan a note at MU at skiff.com. And of course, Check out AirlineWeekly.com for a new issue every Monday and updates on the latest airline news throughout the week.